the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that today on Times of Refreshing. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, this is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Hi, thank you for joining us today. We're in Matthew chapter 3, looking at verse 13 specifically, as we are in the middle of a series on the Holy Spirit. Today, we're looking at the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're familiar with Scripture, you'll know that our Scripture reference here in Matthew 3 deals with the power of the Holy Spirit resting on Jesus in his baptism. For the details now and some encouraging words, our teacher and pastor with today's broadcast, here's Napoleon Kaufman. It's amazing, even with the media now. And you know, I stay away from a lot of this stuff. I don't talk about a lot in pulpit. I, I just, but some of this, people are trying to redefine Christianity and, and redefine. How are you going to tell somebody? How you, you don't even know God. How are you going to tell me who God is? I read this one verse, man. You don't understand. Just chill out. Let us do this. This is what we've been doing. Okay. People try to talk to you like they, you don't even know God, man. And people are trying to redefine, well, I don't believe Jesus would do that. Jesus is loving. He wouldn't do that. Well, I read Jesus made a scourge, a good one too, and went into the temple and started tearing things up. Can I have an amen? Now, that just tells me that sometimes Jesus will do that too. So what I'm saying is we have to learn our job is to be witnesses. But we can't do it without being empowered by the Spirit of God. We want to do this. And Jesus did not start the church until he had empowered believers. He wants to empower you. He wants to empower you. It's part of his ministry to you. Lord, make me capable. Empower me through the influence of the Holy Spirit. Go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Let's look at verses 34 on down to 38. Apostle Peter, the Bible says, was given the keys of the kingdom. He preached the first sermon to open the door for the Jews to receive salvation and to come to God. Then he takes the same key, and in this passage of Scripture, He opens the door in this whole chapter. He opens the door for the Gentiles to receive salvation. And so he preaches and he opens the door for the Jews. He preaches and he opens the door for the Gentiles. And so in verse 34, we pick this up. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, and this was at Cornelius's house. And this is the one that he ministered to the first Gentiles. He says, then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. He's saying this this gospel is not just for Jews. I can see now through the revelations that I've had and through my dealings with God that that God is trying to open the doors to to the Gentiles also. He says, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word... You know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and, bega- and began from Galilee 
after the baptism which John preached. How God, now watch this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the who? Holy Spirit. And with what? So we see the Holy Spirit and we see power. He says, and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I want to stop right there. This is a very important passage because this tells us that the Father, God our Father, anointed Jesus Christ. The influence of the Holy Spirit. The power of God came upon Jesus. And Jesus went around doing good and healing all who the Bible says were oppressed by who? The devil. And I think it's important for us that when we, we realize that we are called to set people free and bring liberty to people in their lives from demonic oppression. And we don't do it just because we read a book. We don't do it because we learned some kind of technique. We don't do it. We do it because we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. When we see oppression, when we see demonic bondages and generational curses and bloodline curses curses and generational iniquity, when we see all kinds of debauchery and we see filth and perversions and lust and, and people struggling with different hiccups and hangups and bondage, we come in with the power of the Holy Spirit to set people free from the devil's influence. And, it's, and we have to consider this. Church, and I, I love having services and different things, but let me say this to everyone here, and, I, and you know this, you guys are around here, and you're around church. I mean, church is not pretty all the time. It's, let me say this to you. It's designed to get messy. Some of us couldn't have followed Jesus. He had demons screaming out and people falling out and people crying and people, all kinds of stuff was going on. People trying to throng him. It was, it was, he didn't even have a children's ministry. Most of us would have left the church a long time ago. What? He doesn't have a children's ministry? I can't. I mean, he didn't have none of that. He just walking through the desert. People ain't eating for three days and they, we, we got, we got it. Listen, we, we all messed up in America. We don't even understand. Amen. We don't even understand. We, we crying because the air conditioning not working one day. Jesus out there all messed up. They out in the heat and the sun. And man, we've been going for three days. We don't have nothing. We, demons crying, people trying to trick him up. Trip him up and all kinds of stuff. All, I mean, we read our Bibles. We see this. We think it's different. No, we have to realize that sometimes it gets messy. But that's okay. Jesus came to deliver people from oppression and to get people free and to get people liberated from bondages and stop thinking that that everything is psychological and everything is some kind of no, sometimes you just need to cast the devil out of people. Can I have an amen in Jesus name? And set at liberty those who are captive. The Bible says that the devil was oppressing people. Even from a physical standpoint. Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed from the devil. People are struggling with, with depression. And struggling with these things. And then we sit down and the, the first thing we want to do is just give somebody a pill. Sometimes you got to cast the devil and rebuke the devil. And give, tell people to put on the garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness. 
And I know, I know that there's some, hey, there's sometimes you need to take a pill, whatever, I understand it. But I'm saying this, people are over-diagnosing this stuff because it's the easy thing to do. Not every kid in the school system needs to take Ritalin, man. Discipline that kid. Spank they behind. Set them down and say, no, you're going to learn. Can I preach in here today? And we're going to bind the devil right now. We're going to bind the devil. And the devil's going to stop visiting you in your dreams. He's going to stop visiting you on the school. And you're going to sit down and get your education. And I'm not giving you nothing but the power of God in your life. I know all these kids aren't crazy. All of them aren't crazy. We got to rebuke the devil. He's trying to take over and mess with our kids. Some of these kids are smart. Some of these kids, they just, they, they don't, I mean, some of them, they just, they just, they just smart. They just, oh, this is boring, man. I need, you. they're not crazy. All these kids aren't crazy, man. And I think we got it. We got to get it in our minds that the devil, he's oppressing people. And the Bible said Jesus went around doing good. And he healed these people who are being oppressed by the devil. And he did it by the power of God. Well, it's the same thing with us. We got to stop and say, God, empower me. Use me to be a blessing to somebody. Use me. When somebody's thinking about trying to commit suicide, let me, let me get a hold of them. Let me, get the, let me rebuke the devil. Let me speak to them. Let me tell them about what the goodness of God and how the power of God overtake you. You can get free from this. Don't take your life. We got to learn this. But what happens is we get this little cute stuff. And, and then to be honest with you, let me say this to y'all. Saints, people just don't want to get messy. And sometimes in this business... You got to get messy because people are dealing with some serious problems. And if we are going to be saints, we got to do what Jesus did. He did good and he rebuked the devil and he set people free and he healed all those who were being oppressed. And I'm not saying a person is possessed. It just says that they were oppressed. uh, And sometimes, and you all know this, a dark cloud will try to come upon you. You got to rebuke that dark cloud and say, devil, I bind you now. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and I'm going to praise God because he gave me the garment of praise. Can I have an amen, y'all? This is what we need to do. The power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and Jesus clearly set people free. Go to Romans chapter 15. This is also good. Romans 15, verse 7 on down to 13. This is another one because, and this kind of goes in line with what we just said, but this is really good. Please circle verse 13 because this is important for all of us. It says in verse 7, Romans 15, verse 7, Therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God. He's talking about the Jews to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles talking about us might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this reason, I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, 
And he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and him the Gentiles shall hope. Verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you and I would abound in hope, but we abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is one reason I think that that people end up going down the wrong road or they give up. Sometimes people just lose hope. They lose their favorable, confident expectation in life. And they just, they, they go forth and they become hopeless. They feel, I, I, man, I, it's just not going to work. It, it's not going to happen. I just don't believe anymore. But when the Holy Spirit comes in your life, he empowers you to keep believing. That you might abound in hope. That I'm not going to cast aside my hope. And the Holy Spirit is going to empower me and help me. So that I don't cast it aside. I've got to learn to tap into him. Lord, comfort me. Encourage me. Strengthen me more. I want to believe. Help me to believe. In one case, Jesus is ministering. And and the, and the man says, help my unbelief. Sometimes you have to tell God that God, help my unbelief. I'm struggling right now. Help me. And God will empower you. And that's why I love this verse. He says that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you become a person that's abounding in hope in your life. And it's all because of the influence and power of the Spirit of God. We have to embrace this and start asking the Holy Spirit to help you. There's moments when you need what I would call a faith injection. We all need it sometime. I'm a, I'm a pastor of this church. And sometimes I, I Lord, you got to help me. Help me, Lord. And the Lord will strengthen you and he'll help you. He'll take you through it. He'll help you go. But we have to see this as part of the Holy Spirit's ministry is to empower me to remain hopeful. Empower me to remain hopeful. And a lot of times you can tell where you're at in the hope barometer by what's coming out of your mouth. And have you ever had Hope schizophrenia. I think it's going to work. No, it's not going to work. It's going to work. It's not going to work. Yes, it is. No, it's not. No, it is. Yes, no. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> I think it will. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe if I pray more. Maybe if I don't pray. Maybe I don't oh, oh. know. And you talk to this person, and they tell you one thing. You talk to another person, and, say, and you trying, and you just hate it. You had to stop and say, Holy Spirit, empower me to keep hoping and believing and trusting. Can I have an amen? That's what happens. But it's life. But we know through the word of God, Apostle Paul is telling the church at Rome, he says, heal through the Holy Spirit. We want you to abound in hope. He says, by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what we do. Amen? amen. The last thing is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going to end with this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 on down to 6. I talked about being a witness and how the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't just give you the ability to witness, but to be a witness. But even beyond just being a witness of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what he's done in your life, 
We have to get to a place in our lives where we can constantly say, follow me as I follow Christ. That our lifestyles begin to represent all that is the kingdom of God. Apostle Paul embraced this about his, his ministry and his responsibility as a leader on a base level. And then even as on a higher level, he knew that for me, my call is to be an example. And I can remember when I first got saved and, and uh, I had, I didn't really grow up in church. I didn't go to church much, but every now and then I go to church. But most of the people that I affiliated with that went to church were, you know, very hypocritical. They were basically doing the same thing I was doing in the world, but then they just go to church on Sunday and praise God, and then they go out and keep doing the same thing. I said, well, I don't really want to, I don't, I mean, what is the benefit of you? You out here with me, man. And so when I gave my life to Christ, one of my, my prayers was, man, I don't want to do anything to embarrass God, you know, and, and I want to be right. I want to do, I want to be an example. I want to try. And none of us are perfect. I, I, none of us are here perfect. God is working on us. But one of the things that I wanted to do is I just want to make sure that God is happy, you know. And I can remember praying saying, Lord, you know, I see all this hypocrisy and different things. And, and I remember the Lord speaking to me and saying, well, why don't you be an example? Check this out here in verse 2. It says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. He says, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. So you see power and then you see the Holy Spirit. And in much assurance, now watch this. He says, and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. He says, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power. And in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, I'm, I'm, I'm assured as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. So the Holy Spirit, he said, it wasn't just my words. It was the power of God in my life through the Holy Spirit. And you were assured because you knew what kind of men we were among you. You saw the way in which we lived among you. Then he goes on, he says, and you became not only followers of the Lord, you became followers of us. And I think it's, it's important that we realize that for, for, for us as people, now, we're following the Lord, but the Lord will put people in your life that he like you to follow. Isn't that what he just said? You became followers of us and of the Lord. So we're, we're all following the Lord, but then God will put people in our lives that he'd like us to follow. And as we do that, now, the key is, are those people following the Lord? And that's why it says, the Lord will put people in your life. He'll lead you to the people. Hey, this is a good example. This is a good person. You need to, you need to, all of us should be following and all of us in some ways should be leading. 
There's a balance in that. When you have people that they don't want to follow, they don't want to listen to nobody except themselves and any voice they hear in their head. It's the wrong person. It's always good to have people that you are mentoring and pouring into and being an example to while you're following somebody who's being an example to you. And everybody is following Jesus. Can I have an amen? That's the balance. That's the balance that you want to have. So I just follow the Lord. The Lord is going to place people in your life that can be great examples and to be a blessing to you. While you're in somebody else's life to be a great example. All of us need that. And this is part of the reason why even Jesus himself was baptized by John the Baptist. Because he knew that all these people had gone before me. And John the Baptist was a representative of the old covenant and all those who had gone before to pave the way. He said, I must be baptized by you to fulfill all righteousness. This is the system. I've got to be submerged by you so I can be launched into what I'm called to do. I got to respect those who went before me before I'll get respect from people that are coming after me. That's the kingdom. And so Apostle Paul says here, he says, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. Apostle Paul knew that these people are following me, but I'm, I'm assuring them that I'm going to be okay because you can look at my lifestyle. And the Holy Spirit's power is in my life. And you can be assured because he's influencing me. Now, this power helps us to do miracles and power of God and the ministry But it also helps us to, the power of God helps us to live right and to be examples. When we get that healthy balance, what it does is it causes people, causes people to be drawn. And let me say this to you guys in closing. When we embrace this aspect, it'll cause God to say, hey, I want you to go hang out with that person. You and I can gain trust from the Lord. And God will draw people to us. And I see this happen all the time. Because he trusts the example that you're going to give. I want God to consider this church, us as individuals, as trustworthy people. Why? Because we're not doing this in our own power. We're not trying to do stuff in our own will. We are allowing the Holy Spirit to come into our midst and into our personal lives. And we're allowing him to empower us. We're allowing him to use us as examples in every area. And he knows that we're not perfect. But if we stay on the potter's wheel, we're we're allowing him to perfect us. And so let me say this in closing. As you and I are going forth, and I'm not, I can't tell you what the future holds. All I know is that God holds the future. The bottom line is this. We've got to be thoroughly convinced in our mind that, Holy Spirit, you have a priority in my life. We've got to. We've got to invite him into every area. Your finances, your marriage, 
You need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our marriages. Raising kids. And us stopping and, and praying and saying, Holy Spirit, help me now. He'll do it. I'm pastoring this church and, 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 and coaching and, and chaplain and doing all this stuff and being a pastor to other pastors all over the world. God help me. And I'm not ashamed this and I'm not a I'm not ashamed to declare, man, I need God. All of us have to stop and say, God, by the power of your spirit, empower me to be everything you need me to do. Be in word and action. Help us. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of the Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.